That's why we do need like more perspective. Other, yeah. <laughs> Because we could sit there and do fucking podcasts. So nonstop. what other topics did people have to say? Was it just him? Or? Well, no, it was him. So that was the Nerd Havens quotes. Okay. Other places, people just liked it. They said they enjoyed it. Oh, um, really? Now, on Nintendo Age, there was a lot of response. Really? Um, all positive. Oh, really? But they were saying how Angry Video Game Nerd, his original videos were kind of shit because he only copied off of Sean Baby. Well, that's, mm. you've got to start somewhere. Do you know anything about Sean Baby? I'm gonna have to, I remember I he was like way personally. back in the day. He used to have like a website, and then he'd like kind of review similar. So he did a web, website uh, review of games, talking yeah, about the bullshit. Exactly. That's what I thought. I don't think he did video. I don't know if he did oh, videos, okay. or if by the time he was doing videos, it might have already been the nerve took off. I don't know yeah. when that time was. Because I, I do know I do. he was like the originator, like being known on the web for he had reading some hilarious like that. Yeah, yeah. He he typed what. The nerd script basically for him for some videos if you read it. Really? It seems that way from if you, I mean, somebody had an archive I remember reading, and a lot of the topics, I mean, granted, it's however you want to look at it. They're general topics that you'd notice about the game, but the way Sean Baby presented it was very similar to the way the nerd acted it, which, you know, is debatable nice. on whether you're borrowing information or, hey, you just hit both conveniently had the same perspective. And, you know and I mean? that was the main mm-hmm. thing about Nintendo yeah. is they were saying how Sean Baby was the originator and that, you know... So they, they actually all listened to our podcast oh, okay. and then were like, yeah, but you guys didn't mention anything about Sean Baby. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? That makes 100% true. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot about him. I don't know Scott, a whole lot neither. I just remember reading some reviews back in the day online. And yeah. It was similar, but I wasn't thinking it. Well, somebody posted a link on Nintendo Age. I read yeah. it and I'm like, holy shit, this guy's hilarious. Exactly. No, he, I was like, I understand. He was funny, though. So the, the key is, though, is who's to say mm-hmm. that the video game nerd didn't take from it? Who's yeah. to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like, all up for debate. Exactly. But there's been some examples, though, that people that have shown some, like, side-by-side comparisons, and it's pretty fucking hard to deny that he didn't take inspiration from Well, here's Sean the funny baby. thing. Sean, he can borrow from Sean, baby, but Chris Boris can't borrow from the nerd. That is <laughs> where people call tough. him a hypocrite. Yeah. Because he was... They they were going off on the IRA Gamer when yeah. they stole from Sean, exactly. baby, and it was a big fucking but fuck. i just leave everything alone and be like, you know what? Who cares? My thing was, we'll just talk shit about everybody. If, <laughs> if Chris Boris was actually funny... I wouldn't yeah. care. He just yeah. is terrible. It's, it's, it's like the guy at work that cracks worst jokes and like laughs at him and every, laughs everyone at else is like, jokes. just cringes like, ah. yeah. That's yeah, like the whole time. Like, it's pretty rough. That's like the whole, his whole library. Is I just, hate to say it, I only liked his I Read the 80s stuff because it was informative and he wasn't trying to be so funny. He was just being like a documentary type, which actually is much more tolerable in a documentary setting, not a comedic role. Yeah, he did something that with, He's not with funny. like muscle. <laughs> yeah. That was better. I could actually watch the whole video. Yeah. Instead of like no, rolling my eyes like those, into like, this. Like he did a micro machines thing, and when he explained how the stuff was being made and all that, I didn't know about that. It was pretty interesting. So I could watch that episode, but that was like an irate the 80s thing. See, I, I was already never going to view anything he ever put out <laughs> by that point. <laughs> well, I wasn't so, going to view his video game done. stuff, that's for sure. His, his last name is just too perfect. Yeah, yeah, you know, he bores the shit out of us. <laughs> At least change that. Like, <laughs> I'm Chris Boring. That would me. That would, that would not be the last name. <laughs> it's oh. hilarious, though. So. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was basically our, our response to the first podcast. Okay. Um, it shows that we have like a few subscriptions right now, which like I assume that's people just researching video games because mm-hmm. by the time our podcast came up, people already listened to it and yeah. they couldn't subscribe yet because it wasn't up yet. I got so one. now, so the second one we should see. Yeah, when we have the analytics. second one, and then the third, and the fourth, and yeah, the twenty hundred millionth, it'll be 
it'll just be craziness. And people don't like us, they'll there'll be no subscriptions. <laughs> as long as we have a couple, though, we might as well have somebody listen to us. There bullshit. you go. <laughs> um, there was one other thing I, I wrote on the thing when we took our break that I didn't mention. Um, they just created Castlevania on the Spectrum. Spectrum. Now, the Spectrum, the ZX Spectrum, is a computer that was heavy in Europe. Europe was heavy into gaming computers like we were into consoles. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's yeah. like a ton of Armistrad, Armistrad. It's like the um, but, um, the Counter 64 stuff. But yeah, like the ZX Spectrum, type of like things. I've tried to play them. They're really weird. I, they're really nostalgic for it. It's like, okay. I guess, us with like Nintendo. But it's like very simplistic, couple colors, um, but they created Castlevania for it. Oh, okay, and and the thing that about the ZX Spectrum that a lot of people and it's usually the retro gamer forum. Mm-hmm. I, I don't use it too much because it's more European based, but they talk about it because of the tight controls. The controls are perfect, so really? like, perfect controls. There's no floatiness at all. So imagine Castlevania on that, and I've heard some of the the soundtracks and the eight bit soundtracks, and it sounds awesome. Badass stuff. Like it's almost one of those things where we should. Bring it up and post it like Darren. Maybe I'll use some of that music in between one of the breaks or something. Yeah, do that. I think it's called Castlevania Spectral Interlude or something. Now, me being the homebrew guy that I am, I contacted them and said, "Hey, are you guys doing a cartridge release?" And they said, "Well, we don't want to have Konami step on our toes." Yeah. Said they said maybe we can change our name to like Haunted Castle or something and re-release it. I'm like, honestly, and I mentioned I was like, "There's people who do NES homebrews all the time and." They, they're still selling them, so I'm like, if you do a small release and don't try to sell it at Walmart or something, yeah. it might be okay. But the game itself looks awesome. I haven't played it. Um, now, again, the Xbox Arcade plays ZX Spectrum games, so I'm going to try to load it on my Xbox once I move and try to play a copy of it, because the, the ROM's free online. Um, and, and we'll see how it is. Maybe I'll have a, be able to do like a thorough review on it. But cool. it looks awesome. And I always love more Castlevania. We did talk about Castlevania earlier, and you know what I mean? Whether that's an earlier podcast or not, we'll we'll see how long we get (laughs) long-winded. Yes, forever-winded. One of the best platformers ever. But, like, yeah, so you got another version to play Castlevania. That's cool. It's amazing. And it it looks great. Like, once you look at the actual artwork, it's... So we got that, we got this pretty... DOS one. The MS, the MSX. Add them all up. And then you have, not only that, but you have the... X68000, which was a computer, um, and it was like it was known for shoot 'em ups, but they did a Castlevania remake on it, hmm. along with the remake that's on the PlayStation, mm. the Castlevania Chronicles. That's what it is. That is yeah. the same game, but that's it's a right. different character sprite. Yeah, they. But I think you can play the but, other one when you beat it. Or I don't know. Yeah, something. But on weird. the PlayStation, they use a different character sprite. On the X68000. It had the original character sprite that you unlock in the PlayStation. It's craziness, though. So there's that version of the Castlevania 1. And then Mm -hmm. it's arguably Super Castlevania 4 is Castlevania 1. Yeah. It's very... It's remade. It's Simon. So that's the thing. So there's many ways that we can experience Castlevania. Mm. And it's like, cool, it's like, we should maybe do like a retrospective just on Castlevania and go over in depth, (laughs) like, the differences. There's your homework, Kyle. That's, that's already like been a, done. It's like a year. It's like a year project. <laughs> I'll, st- let's, I'll talk about what we know, pretty much. Exactly. But yeah, no, that's it's awesome though that they did it on the new medium, and that's a new homebrew game because he, he developed it from the, the ground up. That's nice. Awesome. I'll definitely be able to play the the DOS one. So I'm gonna yeah. check that one. I'm excited to check that the one. The DOS. Yeah, just remind me, I got that cool. one set up. It looks pretty cool. 
Might be a, a do a little like playthrough on yeah, your your channel to, or something. Try to do a quick a let's play, just give people a flavor of it. Yeah, a little let's play fun times. Yes, but um, but yeah, that was one that I didn't mention. That was the the Castlevania on the Spectrum. That's it looks really cool. I'm, I'm interested. Um, and the DOS one we gotta check out. I want to check out the MSX one. So I mean, that would be a good one. Maybe we'll have it done in time for October. It's yeah, right now February. Yeah, it's a Halloween project. <laughs> it's like amongst many others. Eight months away. But the thing is, is as everyone knows, man, time flies. So it's like, mm -hmm. well, yeah, it's a good long term project. We'll so we try. Got, we got a million projects. Yeah. So um, is there anything you guys are are working on in terms of projects that are in the gaming world? Okay. Well, my my biggest I would just say was the. Vice City, hundred percent. Nice. I consider that a project because there's a lot of stuff you have to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, and you did complete that project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now I'm trying to get the highest criminal rating, which is a world event or um no there's there's one more past that. It's just like ridiculous or whatever. I don't know something <laughs> something like you know um I've been trying to get the Godfather rating. So basically trying to max out the whole game. I maxed out the money too. I remember you showed me your garage today, and he has like the the cars, the, the FBI cars. Oh yeah, different colors, paint schemes for each one. He's like, "Hey, which one do you want?" That's cool. <laughs> Choose your car. Yeah, it's perfect game. That's a, that's a cool project because the yeah, X I I always used to be into the Hot Wheels stuff, so it kind of translates to that. But then it's got you know like the gangster feel and Scarface and yep. all that awesomeness. And that's um, why we were I was showing you uh, Grand Theft Auto Five on the PS4. And yeah, it, it it really is just as fun as Vice. It's yeah. not quite the same, but it's as close as we're. I don't know why they don't remaster was, Vice City and re-release it. That'd be about the best one to remaster. I wish they do. Everyone still says it's like that's the best storyline. Yeah. Absolutely, you know, just the best characters. <laughs> what oh, has that eighties eighties retro to it? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that's classic. So it's got the awesome music too. Um, yep. That just took forever to do, but uh, that's an awesome project. It, though. It's kind of the the interesting thing with that, or like Final Fantasy, because I remember for NES, um, maxing out my my level at fifty. Um, that was my goal for that one, which I still have that saved game. I can't do it <laughs> twice, but it's kind of like once you do it, there's it's bittersweet because yeah, it's over. It's yeah. Done. But you, it's so it's funny how the mind's like it wants to get there, but then it realizes the fun was getting there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that it's kind of one of those weird psychological things. Dun, about. Dun, dun. Yeah. It's like huh. better find a sequel. And that's why I ultimately was like, cool. Then I'll I'll just max out everything. Yep. Because I've already gotten this far, and I just love playing the game so much that. Plus, when you when you get a hundred percent, you get like 200 health 200 armor it makes it fun to run around yeah you get more you get by that time you'll have infinite run infinite reload because you've already done all the little like side missions and the little quests and stuff and you going to godfather rating now gives you a reason to play it more exactly yeah then wow. just go around and cause chaos yeah which is always fun too yeah um absolutely so that's a good one though yeah that was the completion that it probably took like a month i would say um, a lot of a lot of people can do it in like two or three days, but I obviously didn't. I would come home from work and play a little bit, and mm -hmm. you know that was it's a perfect way to do it. Though you get a month's worth of enjoyment, two months worth of enjoyment out of it. Yeah, exactly. And there was this one mission: how I maximize the cash called Cone Crazy. And every time you beat, um, I think they they fix this glitch. But every time that you beat the mission, you're and you beat your time, you can play it all. As, as much as you want. Okay. Um, and it only takes about 11 or 12 seconds to do the whole course, but once you've beaten your time, you get double the cash. 
So you just let the time go all the way down to one. And then, um, so I think you get like, I don't know, a certain amount of time to complete it. Time to max cash, though. Yeah, and then, then you let it go down to two the next time, and then you get 200, and you let it go down to three, 400, and you can nice. see by the time you're making like hundreds of millions. It's an awesome glitch. Yeah, and I think they took that out of the, the greatest hits and the Xbox One by just giving you like a certain amount of cash instead of doubling it. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. That's pretty. It's pretty cool, though. Like that's the thing that I think you've enjoyed because we were sitting there emailing constantly. That's what we do is we email. Like, and um, like he was telling me about all the crazy glitches. That's like almost fun too. Is just finding what you can make the game do that you're not supposed to be able to do. Yeah, yeah. and certain ways to to win the missions. What were you doing? Uh, right before the podcast, or before Kevin got here, he was putting fucking um helicopters in the garage <laughs> so it can blow them up and get, like, a higher rating. Yeah, because nice. for each helicopter, so for, like, a vehicle or a person, I believe you get one point for your criminal rating. Yeah. That's what's cool about, too. If you cheat, it takes, like, like minus 1,000. So if you cheat, you'll know because your criminal rating will be, like, zero, basically, you know, if you keep putting the codes in. Um, so, yeah, if you destroy a helicopter, you get 30 points. So if you just put them all in the, the garage, you blow them <laughs> up, and then you close the garage, and it resets it, and then they're they're There's, back again. Oh, wow. So they just keep doing that. To rack it up. Yeah. And if you have two in there, it's 60 points. Mm -hmm. And then refresh 60 instead of one. So you're killing sixty people at a time, basically like massacre. Room. Yeah, and there's there's another one where your when your accuracy goes up, you also get points for that. Mm. So you can basically just sit in front of a tank um, with the minigun. And like tape down the controller and like walk away, <laughs> and it'll it'll eventually when you come back it'll you'll probably have the whole Godfather deal glitch master. So yeah, it's funny how <laughs> forums and stuff, and that's the whole thing with like the oh, internet alone in the dark too. Like all the forums and there's like a community. I, like Nintendo Age, I mean, it's just awesome, you know. That's why the internet's just a way for us all the awesome bullshit like, even more. Yep, so it's great. <laughs> yeah. So like my little projects. I'm doing the the massive book projects, mm -hmm. and I don't know. We didn't really go about them in detail. I don't think on a podcast yet. So I mean, a project podcast is is a perfect one to have. So I have one book that I'm doing, which is basically the history of competitive gaming. That's why we we're gonna go to Galloping Ghost. I was gonna yeah. interview the arcade owner. <laughs> so much for that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. We get long-winded. It happens. <laughs> um, but the thing is, though, is that I'll still I'll. Get him on a podcast or yeah. something later. Yeah. And we'll also get the interview. It just won't just be in person. I always like doing things in person, but if you can't, we'll we'll make do. You can work um, so basically, yeah. I'm going to go and I'm going to interview everybody. I've went. I have my own Twin Galaxies trading card. I got there an award go. from Twin Galaxies. So I've actually sat down and talked with Walter Day in person about doing this, and he supports it 100. percent um, And basically, it's going to be Oracle history of competitive gaming. Like, there, there's nowhere right now that all the awesome stories that people tell are recorded for longevity. Oh. Even this podcast could go away. Because the thing is, it's just digital. Once yep. you put it on paper and it starts getting distributed, it becomes viral. Then it's on paper and it can be stored forever. That's how I feel about, like, physical media. That's why we like having our games physical. Yeah. Um, so own them. Exactly. So, that's why I'm going to put it on paper. I'm going to be the first one to put an extensive one on paper. Every, all the books before were about, like, this arcade here in the yeah. 80s and my experience with it. I'm going to go around and get the stories. There was guys at the Twin Galaxies event, and they would say, all right, 
this was Lonnie McDonald, and he's going around rolling over every single joust machine around the country, and he's telling <laughs> me the experience behind it. And I'm like, holy shit! And then I'm sitting there playing the pinbot, the actual pinbot. They had the arcade, the pinbot, not the arcade, the pinball machine there, and I'm playing that with Lonnie McDon- McDonald McDonald <laughs> around and did that, and Steve Saunders from The King of Kong, uh, who is the guy, guy. who yes. the guy who said the wrong, the fake score. Never cheat, folks. Yeah, I'm never Alex, let him bring in it. But yeah, uh, he's actually broken legitimate world records later with his son in Joust and doing two player co op and crazy stuff. And um and then I'm sitting there hearing Billy Mitchell stories. And Uh-oh. if you ever listen to a Billy Mitchell podcast, he does crazy stories. Really? And as villainous as they make him out to be the King of Kong, he's just a cocky guy because he's good at games. Not there's nothing bullshitty about heavily edited is what that oh, movie is. Yeah, and it, they took like hundreds of hours and just took these snippets and yeah. made it. That's what like yeah. You know, like reality TV is pretty much. The only guy that wasn't at the event was Weeby, who was doing some movie. He was for a Sandler movie or something. He was doing some kind weird. Of, yeah, he's been in a lot of movies. That's strange. Yeah, he's he actually made something of himself. But um, okay. and then there's the other guy. I'm moving That's out cool. to the East Coast, so I'm gonna be near Richie Knuckles Arcade. I'm gonna try to stop. Him. Oh yeah, and it's gonna be like a four hour drive, so it have to be a weekend thing. Yeah. But I'm gonna interview him because he's a crazy new character out there. He did the King of Arcade. Yeah, DVD, I was gonna say we got we got to plug which, that. Yes, if you can find it. I don't know if it's mass. Um, it it's might like, be to the point yet. Mass, He's working you know, on it, but distributed. But King of Arcades is awesome. I found it on like either eBay or Amazon for ten or fifteen. So try it out. Maybe you'll find it. But it's it's really good. He like rehabs all these old machines and uh, just shows like the love. Of- and he has his version two point arcade now. He actually posts he posts on Facebook like his progress because yeah, the whole thing like shut down and that's probably the whole story. And he's yep. like reopening it. Yeah, exactly. That's good stuff. So, like, that's another guy I want to interview. I'm going to interview everybody that I can possibly talk to in the scene. Um, and then once I get to that, I'm going to have other renowned people in the Twin Galaxies community, the old community, not the new one. We've got another podcast for us later. The Twin Galaxies new bullshit. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. God damn. Pisses me off. A little but, but, like, place. but, like, I'll use some of the people that were old scorekeepers and things like that, just, and I'll have them proofread just to make sure that I've covered everything. If they have any inputs, then I'll you know they'll be contributors, editors, or whatever. But um, but I'm gonna do a pretty good, thorough book. And the thing is, what's great about the books that I'm doing, there's no time frame. I release it when I release it. It's, yeah. I'm not saying I'm gonna release it in 2015 because <laughs> I have I have two other books that I'm doing. The other book is almost done. It's the complete NES collector's guide. So I'm doing every licensed NES game, and it's gonna have the box art. It's gonna have a screenshot. And a summary of the game, whether I take it and I re-summarize Wikipedia or Game Facts or an actual contributions, because I actually have a forum post on Nintendo Age where people can give contributions. All U.S. releases? Yeah, every U.S. release. And it's also going to have a section for cart, box, <coughs> manual. So okay. you can, and there's going to be a pocket-sized version you can throw in your pocket, go around to game stores, and you can check mark off what games you need. So if you go out there and see a fucking bunch of games, you can be like, all right, do I don't know if I own this game. Yep. Boom. And it gives you the physical book. Because I know we all can have it on our phones now and shit, yeah. but this will give you a physical book. The other side is I'm going to do an extravagant color version, hardcover, that you can put on, up on a coffee table and mm, it'll nice. look amazing. Yeah, and coffee table book. Exactly. And each one's going to have six games per per page, um, and it'll look amazing. It's, it's going to look great. Um, I'm in the S's right now. 
I've been wow. in the R's and S's for Swamp a few months now. Yeah, I'm trying to see how many S's we got. A lot of, <laughs> ses- a lot of Sesame Streets I just got done doing. There's oh, like, yeah. Yeah, a bunch. You didn't and, Swamp thing yet, just Section Z, huh? Yeah, the, the, the cool thing so, is, though, is that um, going awesome. through it, though, I actually see screenshots of games, and I'm like, I don't really remember that one too much. And so it's pretty cool because we're used to seeing the artwork so much, like hunting games that we don't see the screenshots a lot for every game. So, like, the book will give you an aspect on each side. What it looks like. My, my initial plan, of course, because I always thought way bigger scope than I could fucking ever hope to do, was mm-hmm. every game ever released for the NES console that you could play on it. So that includes PAL releases, Famicom, Homebrews, <laughs> translations, reproductions. They got those, like, China. Like, holy shit. The Australia and New Zealand ones. God. But that's the thing, though. I couldn't even hope to get that done in a lifetime. Now... Who's to say I might actually get around to it and I'll do a second book if I get done with my other projects. When it's ready. Yeah. The the third book I'm doing is I'm writing a choose-your-own-adventure book based on game hunting. Um, if you remember the old choose-your-own-adventure books, you would read it. It's like the Cave of Time. And you read it and be like, hey, you're in a cave. Yeah, I still got do one of those somewhere. Go left or go right. If you go left, turn to page two. If you go right, turn to page 30. Some. Pure, and then, pyramid one I had, like and then, the Great Pyramid or something. Yeah, exactly, and the shit gets crazy. You fall in a chamber and die well, or something. I'm doing one that's going to like a gaming convention, and then the other one's like going to a like um an actual gamer like meetup or something. And I'm going to do like the the way that you're going along it. Now, what I'm going to do with this game, also this book, the Choose Your Own Adventure book, is I'm putting it on an NES cartridge, so it's going to be Choose Your Own Adventure book text adventure on an NES cartridge that you can play. Wow. I think that's, that would be cool. And uh, a <laughs> guy from Retro USB has already somewhat coded up the game, like the text version, and I think I had a couple guys that were interested in doing like artwork side and music and things. But like, I want to get the book actually physically done in an edit version before I start working on the NES portion. Um... But it's pretty easy to put the actual the actual text part will be hard because it's the code's somewhat written, but the putting the extra bells and whistles to make it a full release is what will be pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that. Those are three huge fucking projects that I have under, and that's in between moving houses and being active duty army and, ha- and being a father and doing a bunch of crazy shit. So like, it's gonna they're gonna come around when they come around. Um, and I I really have no deadline. Which is great. But it's the best. But they'll be out. It's your own pace. I mean, I already have the Hidden Treasures book that went out, and it's at gaming stores. You have a deadline before you die. Yeah. (laughs) And then you're dead. Someone else can release it. You're gone anyway. But that's what I got a daughter to release for me. There you go. Right now, we got time, though. That's the thing. I mean, that's, fill it up with something. That's the thing. Like, as for like gaming projects, like I'm not really doing any kind of crazy hundred percentage right now. I mean, there's a few games that I'm looking to complete. Like, I would like to beat Ease Book Two because I wrote the article on Ease Book One. Um, and there's a bunch of games on the PlayStation Network and on Xbox One that I'd like to yeah. play. But as for, like we've been playing Pinball Arcade. I don't know if you know about Pinball Arcade. <laughs> Pinball Arcade is on the PlayStation 4 and I think Xbox One. It's not like Zen Pinball. This is actually all the original pinball 
games on in HD on a giant TV, oh, okay. and the controls work one to one. They're awesome. They it have looks, it. They it have it on terrific, the iPad, yeah. and the controls suck. Really? So on the PS4 though, that's they sell it in seasons for like thirty bucks a so season. You, if you want to play Adam's Family virtually? You can. It's on there. Uh, and you that was my play. favorite pinball. Adam's, Adam's Family. family. That was, Hell was yeah. 1993. It was, that was like the last, like, or like the very first digital one or something. And they had like a digital, like, screen in there or something. Yeah, there's a lot of them on the night early. I was like getting a mamushka in there. <laughs> but um, the, the cool thing about it, though, is that you have the game, you have the five high scores that you can set in the game, but you also have table goals. So it says get a multi ball. That's what I get, like, and you get a check mark. That's what I love about new now, games. Like, now we like play you can play forever. Yeah, because like, Kyle played like the, the Arabian thing. Nights one at my house um, before I bought ones, and we were trying to get the five goals. Well, I got season one and two later, and they're like twenty bucks a piece or thirty bucks a piece or something. And I'm like, once I beat all the goals on those tables, I'll buy the next season. There's four seasons total. Uh, season four is still going on. But the thing is, though, is that once you beat the five goals, it goes from table goals to wizard goals, and then you got to do some crazy shit that you're like the master of the pinball machine to be able to pull off. Um, oh, so like wow. getting like billion points or crazy shit. So it's it just goes beyond amazingness. And basically, what I told my wife is, we're either going to beat all five top scores, so board it out on all the top scores, and that'll be considered done, not beaten and mastered, but move on to the next one, mm-hmm. or beat all five table goals. Not the wizard goals. Because that's just extra icing on the cake to play more. Yeah. And once we do that with everyone, we'll buy the next season, and we'll still play them all. Wow. Me and the wife were playing a Twilight Zone pinball. Really? It's fucking awesome. That's, that's a really good Don't touch the door. Don't touch the door. Don't touch the door. <laughs> <laughs> like, as you're playing and shit, you go into this pyramid, and you use different bumpers. I thought he was going to say he's playing Twilight pinball with that Twilight series. Oh, God. <laughs> Now we know where Kevin's mind's going to. <laughs> oh, so so when when the, you know like when the ball goes behind and you can't do anything about it, how it goes like behind the, the flippers and then it goes and it falls down the hole. Yeah, is that where the tilt? I mean, like, yeah. So when I was playing pinball with Lonnie McDonald and Steve Saunders, like they're like Lonnie McDonald's fucking doing the pinball, and he's sitting there playing. And he's bumping the thing and hitting it. And basically what he's doing is he's manipulating the ball so that when it comes down, it doesn't hit a dead spot, which would be those left and rights or the center. So, you're screwed. so if it's going towards the center, you bump the table and it moves the ball slightly so it hits the bumper. Okay. And then you can continue to play. Now, you can't just do that the first time you play fucking Adam's Family. You have to play Adam's Family a lot so you know when it's going to happen. Yeah. Now, with the X, with the PS4 and the Xbox One, if you hit the left, I think, control stick, it does a bump. And you can hit it left, right, up, or down, and it'll bump the table. Huh. So you can actually simulate it. Yeah, now, you can't simulate the force. Now, if you bump the table on a real pinball too hard, it hits the tilt. Yeah. The tilt kills the ball, and you lose the ball. Yeah. Um, on the Xbox One, you just hit it a few times, and if you hit too many times, it'll tilt. So, so you like, can't really it, hit it hard. There's still a tilt. There is still a tilt. That's cool. Yeah, and it's the same thing with the real pinball. If you nudge it a certain amount of times, it tilts. That was my thing. I always wondered, like, that's the what made getting a long run, like, you know. Yeah, and that's the difference between being a pinball player and a great pinball player. Yes. Is yeah. knowing the table enough to when you need to bump it and when you need to, how you can juggle. The other thing, the main tip that Lonnie McDonald gave me was, is when you're playing... Don't keep hitting the flippers. That's how my wife plays. She'll just be hitting the buttons and be flipping the ball. And he said, "Hold the ball. There's no time limit on pinball." So basically, he's playing pinball, 
and he hits it, and it just sits on the thing. I like and to he, do he that, He looks too. at it, and he judges, and then he goes, and hits it up, and hits exactly where he wants to hit it each time. Yeah. So it's like a very strategic game Quite to play. Yeah. It's a different world. Yeah, you like map. cradle it inside the flipper. So we're not doing a time up. attack. Right. Yeah. yeah, and so that's the cool thing. <laughs> plus, plus, when you're just doing this... You know, it's going to be too irate. and Yeah. It's not to me my favorite episode of Mr. Belvedere. You ever see when he beats a pinball machine? No. It's a good episode. You should check it out. <laughs> so he gets addicted and then Wesley cries. It's pretty funny. Is it see like the master of yeah, pinball? Yeah, he's like a, some fireball master. They made up some pinball machine for it. That's hilarious. <laughs> you got to check that out. <laughs> I just remember that Silver Spoon show that the kid had all the arcades. Oh, man. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Schroeder's got it all. I'm like, man, I, I, I see, wish so, I had all that. So, like, I'm like a happy medium where when I play, I don't let really let the ball stop. But I'm not going to sit there and flip a lot. Like, I'll wait for it to come down, and when it comes down, the actual ramp to fall to the, the actual <laughs> flipper, like, I'll just wait to time it. So, because I'm like a platform gamer. When I play Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers, I don't stop running the whole yeah, time. Just I, don't, I, don't, I hold Especially I hold, when you play I hold right so and hold times. run. Yeah. So, that's kind of how I do my pinball. When it's going, like, I'll let it go, and I'll, I'll flip it and try to time it perfectly. It doesn't work every time, but I'm... Ninja Gaiden Run. Ninja Gaiden Run. Exactly. Yeah, just keep going. It's like a Ninja Gaiden Run. Ninja Gaiden Run. But you have to stop every time. <laughs> the Gaiden Worlds. Yeah, it's always been guiding us. But um, but that's the thing though. Is that, like that's how I play my pinball now. I mean, I've only been playing for a little bit, and how I see it is, is that there's games that I collect right now, and then there's games I'm going to collect for the final house. Oh, I see. So I have that. So I'm active duty arm. I still have another potentially another 10 years that I'll be moving around. Wow. Once I hit our final resting place, we're going to have a house, and that's when I'm going to get like some pinball machines or whatever I want to collect. Cave arcade. Yeah, because right now I have the Nintendo Red Tent that's moving around with me. That's obscure. I'm not going to ever find one again. Wow. But like other stuff, like, I mean, pinball machines, I'll wait, because as we've, me and Kyle have talked about a million times, you're going to need the damn electrician's master's degree to be able to figure out all the intricacies oh, of all the light so bulbs many things, and diodes. And, and I would bad. like to get a Nightmare on Elm Street pinball machine. Ooh. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. I know. It you're, comes you're, out Freddy's mouth. Your wife would definitely appreciate that. Yeah, and then She's the other Freddy one is fan. there's oh, two yeah. different Super Mario. Yeah, yeah. You ever make a Friday Thirteenth one? No, I don't know. Wish. Not that I know of. Uh, but there's two Super Mario Brothers pins as well. Really? There's like a mini one, a smaller one, and then like that. a larger one. Didn't they have one at Mega Play? Yep, Mega Play. They yep. had Mushroom yep, yep, World yep. or something like that. We played it and, and it ate my money, but then we you did the card. Because you can go on eBay and for like thirty dollars you can get the back printouts for both of them. Wow, like thirty bucks. Where at? On eBay. Mm-hmm. You can get the background. So you can get little Mario pinball. You can like hang it on your yeah, door or something. Yeah, they look, they look really cool. Um, that's what JD did. He had a little Mario boy. He, he had a couple of them. I'm like, where the hell did you get those? And he showed me. Um, but so there's at least two of them that are mini ones. And then there's a full-size Mario pin. A lot of the pinball collectors said the game is ass, though. They said suck shit. Like Ooh. shit. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo can make a good, like console game, but not a good pinball game, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Well, it's Gottlieb that did the pin. That's the thing. <laughs> Gottlieb or whatever? Yeah, there's yeah. Stern and there's Gottlieb or whatever that do the, the pins. Those are the main two. Now there's the couple other guys that do theirs. I think there's something Jack pinball or something. Oh, okay. Because they, they, they're doing a Walking Dead pinball. Pinball Quest is awesome, though. Yeah. Oh, the NES pinball. Yeah. I remember getting there as a kid and I was so confused. I'm like, what's going on? I thought this was a regular pinball. It's kind of hard, but it's cool that they give you other boards, too. Oh, it's it's you interesting. Know, so there's like four <coughs> boards, I think, then there's a quest mode, RPG mode. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, I just had a hard time when you get to those really big levels. Like, it's got two screens to it, so when you hit it really high, and then you got to wait for the screen to kind of process all it's going down, it's kind of a little hokey, but still a good one. 
That's good. Hell that yeah. Turbo Graphics game that's really good with that Devil's Crush. Devil's Crush and there's and Alien, Alien Crush. Crush. Yeah, Alien Crush. I, I only have Alien Crush. Alien Crush is Devil's Crush common. is hard. I pieced actually I saw a disc replay the other day. I pieced together one. Sale. It was like too much though. Like, oh, I think yeah. it was like fifty bucks. Yeah, that's what they. That's when I stopped shopping there. Like <laughs> they just. They go oh. on eBay and then say, yeah, there it is. See, b- before they would go on eBay and they would price it like a third of that. Yeah. It, or they would price it at the cart-only, disc-only price. Yeah. And then now they independently run, they price it. Like, I, I went yesterday just because I was near it. We were going to Once Upon a Child to take back a, a Strider bike or whatever that okay. my daughter never used. That's and we, I go in there and I'm like, well, hopefully I'll find it at NES Box under 10 bucks. Yeah. Nope. Good luck. Nope. Not there. 15 was the cheapest one and it was a shit game. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, and that's what Disc Replay does now. But like, yeah. I was Back able to piece together, though, a Devil's, a Devil's Crush. For Turbo? Yeah, I, I, I found the case game. from some somewhere. Like, the case I found, I think, in like a one game store. Another one let me go in the back and look through manuals, and they had Devil's Crush there. No shit. And then I've got the... The chip only from a different game. I pieced the thing like, together, like your Earthbound, too. and it was like for dollars. That's um, cool. That's what's maybe great. twenty total, maybe yeah. just because of the chip. It's rewarding yeah. when you piece it together. Yeah, that's kind of what the NES boxes. Yeah, you just, <laughs> hell yeah. Kind of it, yeah, it ends up being now. like a piece thing. Yeah. Now, 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 the one thing is though is that I am looking for an upgraded Earthbound guide because my guide is looks like shit, but I got it for five dollars or something. Like the Earthbound guide is, Man. it's like warped and garbagey. Look, but, I was looking up the link. The past guy that's up there now. Like, oh my god! It I is. was like, "Jeez, I got mine mint." Like, yeah, you so got yours like, mint. It's like seventy or eighty bucks or something like. Oh yeah, that, that one, Super Metroid, uh, Final Fantasy three. Like, Damn it, I don't have that. Those ones are worth a ton. That was where like half price books had one for like sixty dollars or something. Jeez. And I was like, "Jeez, I'm not going to pay that for it." And that's what it's going for, but I'm not going to pay it at half price. And that was what disc replay was like. Even if we know it's like. We we want to move this stuff, you know. That's like, where it seems like there's a lot of failures with retro gaming stores. Mm-hmm. Is that there's a difference between a good store that wants to move their product and yep. gives you a good deal, and other ones that want to charge eBay or more than eBay. Well, it seems like the the yeah, like, owner of those mom and pops are collectors themselves. So yeah. they just want to hoard it and have an excuse well, to keep it. You know the perfect I mean? example is there was this place in, in, where I was at in Mishawaka called Zombie Media. The guy would like. Not have any prices on it. You bring the game up to him, and he looks it up. Like, Mendel Palace at the time, I think, was like a $6 game. And he's like, all right, 10 bucks." I'm like, "Jeez, I know it's $6. I want to pay like 5 Otherwise, I'll just go on eBay and buy it. Yeah, why wouldn't wait we a day. just do that? Because shipping now is so <laughs> fast that why wouldn't we just wait a day and, and, and what, save money? Yeah, and like what you're saying with the brick-and-mortar stores, yeah. I guess you wouldn't believe how frequent someone comes in with a huge box of games and is like, I don't want these anymore. No. Still, like... Yeah. And the perfect example like, is, Okay, though, I'll give you ten bucks. Like, because of that shittiness, though, Zombie Media went out of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and now Reaction Games is who bought them out, and they price, like, 10% under eBay. Well, that's more And they're worthwhile. perfect. Now, if they have an uber-rare item, they price it accordingly. But yeah. the thing is, though, too, is that they're personable. Mm-hmm. They'll work out bundle deals. They'll work out anything. So, That's And awesome. they know that I collect rare retro shit. So they'll like hold stuff. Like, I got the Atar- or the Commodore 128 from them. They're like, we're not going to sell this locally. They're like, hey, you want it? They gave it to me for a great deal. Like, nice. like probably like 20 bucks, And they go for 100 bucks just for each piece. And they give wow. me it all for 20 bucks with games and shit. And they're like, well, it's not going to sell here. Shipping that on eBay is going to be stupid. And they cut me a deal, and they're like, 
and I did a lot of that stuff. I actually sold them my arcades. Oh, I had a Mortal Kombat 2 awesome. arcade and a custom MAME arcade, and I sold them that. Yeah, I hate to see that go, but... Couldn't move it, though. You got tons of credit. Yeah. It's, like, ridiculous. Tons of credit. That's cool credit. And, but that's the thing, though, is that, like, a store like that, I will give them my business before a disc replay that prices above eBay to try to gouge them. I don't shop there anymore just because of the whole... Yeah. Same with, um... Video Palace. It's just another local place over here in, in Lake County, Indiana. Used to be awesome, and then I went crazy there, and I I probably got... A, the last good deal I remember like you gained of my NES was collection from um, that guy. the softball game. Oh, yeah. Dusty, uh, Diamond. Dusty Diamonds for four, four... I think it was maybe even $3. Three dollars like, for it, Dusty Diamonds. Softball. So, like, he had this bin, and it was all... So, you know, he had the glass cases and stuff, but he had, like, a bin, and it was huge, and it was just all, like, one to three dollar games. Yeah. But you would find shit in there like oh, Dusty Diamond, there you go. Really? And the one lady's like, What you don't want a, why do you want a softball game? Because like, that's how they saw it. Was like fifty dollars, lady. And, and that guy and that guy I think it was the owner's mom. She, yeah. She looks like the mom from like Goodfellas. Like, <laughs> like just oh. looking looking the other way yeah, when Pesci takes the knife. Which is Martin Scorsese's mom. <laughs> yes. I'm, for real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious. That's what she reminds I me of. I love that scene, dude. <laughs> but um but yeah, it was classic. I think the last good deal I got from him was Space Mega Force for like forty or fifty bucks, which it's like a hundred dollar game now, I think. Something like that. It's yeah. It's, it's up, getting it's, it's getting it's up nuts. There. All those compile shooters. Except for Guardian Legend, Xanak. I still don't even have Xanak because it's too expensive. Yeah, that one's... We used to... F- I, f- I found a few of those. I um, remember back in the day, it was like <laughs> yeah. $30. I'm over here dancing. Yeah, over here dancing. You can't see the dance on the podcast. I, I found like two of those at, at this replay for like 30 Man. bucks. Hell yeah. Uh, they, it's like 100 now, I think. Something like that. Yeah, I got one Famicom in the box back there. It's oh. like... A, you have the, it's down lower, but... <laughs> see, the Bubble no Bobble way. Part 2, that's pretty braggable. I ain't got that one yet. Yeah, that was bubble too. That was when it was in like the hundred dollar, and that that was too much. Yeah, yeah that was one of the last of the the rarities that you got. Yeah, I yeah, I best nice offered them. I don't know, maybe like I remember I got my bonk at a disc replay for fifteen bucks. They didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> That's the shit. Yeah. Those are the times where you're just like, oh my god. <laughs> as soon as I saw them, like I don't care. The Kyle Tron <laughs> six and one. <laughs> Oh, well, <laughs> classicness, yeah. awesomeness. Ha- trying to find Caltrons and crazy freaking yeah, rare yeah. games is yeah. tough. You gotta be so, there at the right time. Hell yeah, you gotta be there at the right time, absolutely. You remember getting those two Sharp controllers? That's one of my best stories, though. Um, oh, yeah, because the Sharp like, NES TV had official black controllers that came out with it. Black NES controllers. Really? And, yeah, and, and they're really tough to find. If you find the TV, you're not going to find the remote or the controller with it. Oh, there's two over there. No, oh, no, they're over there. Now, my before. my my story and why it's so important, I think those yeah. two is oh. because that whole day I went to the Uncle John's flea market, um, and then which is on which is like in Cedar Lake, and then I, Cedar Lake, Indiana, South yeah. Lake County, yeah. And then I went down the street and um, went to what's it called Barn and Field, Barn and Field flea market. Yeah, the other flea market. Yeah, I, neither of them. I didn't find shit the whole That's day. Cool. The last booth. At Barnum Field had those, so if if I would have given up, yeah, you know, and I wouldn't have checked that very last booth, I, I wouldn't have found it. So you you just never give up. You never that's, know, like that's where collecting and especially thrift collecting becomes insane because oh, who's to say that you're not going to find something at the next place you go to, mm-hmm. and who's to say you won't find shit? Yeah, 
That's just cool, but it'd be easy to recreate because it doesn't have a special model number on the back. It's the same. Same as that. So I could give it to J-Rod, say, make me this background, paint it, and it'll look like the same thing. But it'll feel too new, probably, so. The, um... The whole thing with that, when I got those, the cores were all cut. Oh, yeah? It yeah. was all nastified, so I... But you can fix them. I cannibalized two... <clears throat> two just, regular I find, ones. Like, look at all... I, we used yeah, to find these, these all over the place. We used to find these at Goodwill, like, bags of them. Yeah. Two dollars. I wish I would have more. You know what's ironic we with the, uh, the Sharp NES found. controllers, though? Good luck finding them, because, as we mentioned, RetroZone... No. He has like a hundred of them. He has all of them. He has he, like a pile. He's been, of them. He was collecting them before it was cool. Really? So. Them. Oh, he has them all. Just like uh, top loaders too. He did that for a while. These are all nice shaped controllers too. Yeah, I would always clean them and yeah, like, of course. go crazy. That's uh, that's the name of the game too. Is that not that's only cool. does Kyle have a near freaking complete NES collection, but it's all perfectly mint and clean. Clean. Unlike that, yeah. you see other guys on YouTube, like Pat the Anispuck shows his collection, he's Ugh. always talking about getting upgrades. Yeah. Well, Kyle already has all the upgrades because he collected immediately from yeah. that standpoint. I never really try not shit. to lower mm-hmm. my standards when collecting. Just I think even in your way. rare I think even in your rare ones they're mint. Yeah, because I just want to be able to read it like what it is. I mean it kind of well, I don't know. Real nice condition from everything I'm seeing. That's something that I is like a personal thing to me. I don't yeah, push we'll that on anybody. Kyle. Like I think if it if it doesn't matter, more power to you. That's yeah. better because I've yeah. passed up a lot of great deals because yeah. of my perfectionism, and that's kind of a flaw. But yeah. that's the way that Double I like sword. it. So I'm a weirdo, and that's it. You know. But the thing is, if you got a Bonk's Adventure and you got it for a cheap deal and it has half a fucking label, you always go look at that half label and be like, Ugh, I know. I spent this much money on this piece of shit half label. That's kind of how I think. Some people's like, goals are just be able to play it the original way it was and yeah. don't even care the condition as long as it works. There was, so. there was a guy on Nintendo Age and he, he just wanted all like shit carts. Yeah, that's that's one of the old school guys. The guy who actually hosts the uh, the, the, the camp out. So he leaves okay. the outside horrible and just he cleans has the inside a, really good. He has a Super Mario <laughs> Brothers VGA graded with a 10. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Out of that's like, and it's in the case. It's really? in the case. It's the most. It's the greatest. It's like so funny. Like, it's like a beautiful disaster. <laughs> it's just like so hilarious that he paid money to get that. Awesome. That yeah, I think somebody got it for him. For he's got their on a watch. Yeah. Oh, it was like a gift. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing though. Is he has a really shit collection. I kind of went that same aspect with Nintendo Power. I'm like, hey, I'll take your Nintendo Powers no matter the condition, and I got a like really good condition for all of them. That's ironic. Yeah, you, like both of you have a full yeah. original I gotta run. Go, I got a complete what? Nintendo Power collection. Oh yeah, I got a full Nintendo Power. Not, not NES yet. And that's like also like... 30 short now. So when you're done NES. with your collection NES, you can go Famicom, you can collect Nintendo Power. I mean, there's so many avenues. Um, after my NES, boxes. I just want to finish my N64 because I'm about 50 short. 50? Yeah. I was going to ask you how close you were. About 50 short of those. He was he was just replaying, you know. Yeah, back in the day, I was, they were like I was two bucks, out, You three think bucks? I came out of the grocery store, no joke. I had like four bags of them, and they're like, well, they're a dollar a piece. All these? Okay. Yeah, and uh, just rake them in. And they're like, oh, if you buy so many, you get so many free. Yeah, I was gonna okay. say that you buy five, you get six free. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that whole box of Intellivision. We yeah. we passed up like <laughs> we what did we buy? Forty Intellivision boxed games. Just, uh, it was like a dollar piece for all of them. And so we spent oh, yeah. like twenty bucks and got twenty of them or something. Nice. But it was like, but it was, it's those things that nowadays someone would be selling that for. I mean, box of television is really not worth that it's much. Still not. But still, like for it a fucking dollar. Game. Actually, for Intellivision, I'm trying to find uh, that diner game. It's actually the sequel. To that one's hard. 
Yeah, Diner's it's, hard. Um, and it's uh, exclusive for the Intellivision. There's no other yeah. system that's got it. Dracula's hard to find. Um, that's also yeah, Dracula's a tricky one. It's right there. And then I, I also Do got the inlays. I, I got the inlays too, man. Oh, that's cool. But there's a guy who makes the inlays now in like Same London. Same thing with the Vetrix. Um, the Vetrix has every game. Yeah. Uh, because the Vetrix itself was a system in a um. In an actual TV, right? Was in yeah. the system, and it plays vector-based games. Every game on the cartridge came with an inlay that goes over the screen, like and the it gives you your graphics, mm-hmm. yeah. kind of like the Odyssey one. Yeah. Um, but like those guys, there's a guy who actually reproduces those as well, the inlays, and you can buy them for like twenty bucks, or ten bucks a piece, five bucks, whatever it is. Yeah. You can okay. buy a bunch. And That's awesome. I was like thinking about it because I actually have the Sean Kelly multi cart that I got with my Vetrix when I bought it. It has like every game, it right? It has every game on it, except for there's a lot of homebrews that keep coming out for it. Yeah. Um which I got a Christmas cart for it this year, which was brand new. It's How many awesome. games are on there like roughly fifty like or something? Yeah, probably around fifty ish, maybe seven fifty to eighty probably. It's kinda like um seventy eight hundred is really small. Yes. That's, it's about that size. That's Sega Master System is also very the small. Vetrix, uh, though, is for so, the United States. Vetrix yeah, is so unique and awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, that's but a I was cool thinking about thing, getting, getting every Hold overlay for when I have the multi-guard I play a game, I can bust out the overlay to play it. Figure that might be a cool way to do it. But I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I don't want to buy reproductions if I can find them eventually, the legitimate ones, too. Yeah. It's the difference between reproducing and buying having all original. Yeah, and it depends how expensive. I mean, those those were very cheap. Like always, but those bigger, I could see the bigger inlays being. Well, and it's always like more. Will I come? Who's to say I won't come across it someday? You might. You I know. talk to enough people, go to enough things, I might find it eventually. I'm a patient person. So are you? And that's the thing when you have so many things like we were talking about. Then and, and that's the key is like in our collection currently. We have more to play than we have time to live. Yeah. So it's like, basically, if I don't find <laughs> another thing again in my life, I'm You're good. Fine. You're fine. I'm good. That'll be good, you know. I'm almost tempted to start paring down my collection, getting rid of anything that I'm not nostalgic for, yeah. and start getting, you know, start narrowing it down so I got more space. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to sell. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't really want to get rid of a bunch of stuff, but I might get rid of some of the stuff that I mean, like, that I never will play. Because the other side is we've been talking about it on this podcast is that the Xbox Arcade plays everything and it plays it well, yeah. almost perfect on a CRT. So it's like it's so close that it's almost negligible to the normal human. Even us playing that when we know a game, like I can play Double Dragon Two on it, it plays good. So the key is though is if I'm if I'm not nostalgic for it and I just want to play it, I still can play it. So do I need to have a copy of Color of Dinosaur on the fucking Nintendo now? I'm never going to play that. Even my daughter, she's going to play it on the iPad. She's not going to play it on the... You know, she's going to play a coloring game on the iPad, not on the Nintendo where it's clunky controls. What's that up to now? Is that like 80 bucks or something? Oh, it's ridiculous. Glad I got that one out of the way for 5 bucks back yeah. in Yeah. And that's the thing, though. Is like That's a perfect example, always the one that we pick on, Color a Dinosaur, just because it's freaking just coloring a dinosaur. It does what it needs it's, to do. Well, the title like, does not skew you to think any different of what you're doing. No. <laughs> Yeah. Or like the Sesame Street games or any of that. Like, I don't need those Fisher Price taking shit. up space yeah. in my cl- game room if I'm never going to play them. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'd rather like, have all the Zelda games displayed. That's what would be, that's why I'm, like, that's my recommendation. And the fact that I have all the games and I'm still recommending the, that you just get the ones you want. Yep. If something happens and you come across all this stuff and, you know, you've decided to take some... Some cool route and get a, you know, just get them all. That's that's all right. But 
There's also ultimately you want the ones you're gonna fucking play because that's yeah, what it's all about. Definitely. There's also but. not a problem picking up a lot of trade bait either. So if you find 27 copies of freaking Little Samson, yeah. and you can use them to trade for other games that you're gonna want for your collection, there's no hurt in that. Yeah, I never really thought all. that way. Unfortunately, I could have really made out because I'd see stuff. And I'm like, oh, I already got it, but it was so cheap. I should have thought about buying it, coming to another place, trading that credit. I could have got something else that I really wanted for cheap. Yeah, so and that's one thing that I like to mention that that one Game Chasers episode when they did that big trade, they got a whole bunch extra of extra credit one. Yeah, yeah, that was. That was really cool, and I never thought about that way, and that's what I like watching, and I kind of show those things that take you out of a box of trading. That's why it sucks that they're doing few and far between videos yeah, now. It sucks but, that they're using filler like back in my day. Yeah, that's, that's the thing, though, is that like it's not an issue getting trade bait. That's why if people get pissed off with people buying up all the Amiibos or buying extras and selling them for profit, like really they're just trying to supply themselves to be able to buy more games or whatever else later. I mean, it's just... We're just mad because we can't get it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, there's someone on Nintendo Age who said he hasn't paid a penny for his collection, like, because he's been Trading. selling it and probably has, like, an eBay store or something. What is it like? There's a TV show, it's like Trade Wars or Barter Wars or something, where yeah. people try to trade up for, like, a car from, like, a pencil or something ridiculous. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Like, somebody there's had, like, like, a Lamborghini by the end of the trade. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, and, like, I, that's I've he started that with stuff. a He started with a broken cell phone, then he traded that, and he worked all his way up to, like, a car. Or a Porsche, maybe. Was it was is, it, is it, like, some It was a brand new, it was, like, thing. an older one. Is it, like, still. a scripted? I mean, there's there's multiple shows yeah, there's multiple that now. Weird. Like that out there. But, like, that's pretty cool, and, like, that's what I recommend for people. Like, if you find a game for a dollar, you're trade. Like, I traded Duke Nukem and Duke Nukem Zero Hour for... Uh, Captain Falcon Amiibo, and I paid two dollars, and there were thirty, and yeah. Cap- that guy paid thirteen bucks for Captain Falcon. Yeah. Really, my two dollars turned into thirteen because that's the yeah, retail. Well, but it up. goes for thirty now, so now my two dollars turned into thirty, which vice versa is about the same price. But in the end, I traded up for it. There's no re- no problem with trading up for it. Yeah. It's just, I mean, there's a fine line, and that's a huge controversy with the gaming community is resellers. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Resellers. And people that are buying and marking up games and, like, us not going to disc replay, for example. My, my, my first example is if you don't like it, don't buy it. If we don't like how disc replay is doing their, their shit, we won't give them our business. That's the best way to approach it. It's, it's the perfect thing with the flea markets, though, how they come early, you know, and buy up everything. Yeah, they do. They'll, they'll be there first. That's the big one because it's like anyone can do that. It just sucks when you're not getting the games that you want. Randomly looking. So that's why we're all mad, but really, like, we could do that, too. I yeah, mean, I mean, why don't you get there? That's, and that's the thing, we could always get there right when it opens, too, and just hunt down with them. So it's it's kind of a weird... That's why it's such a good debate, because both sides... And it's nothing see, new, either. Yeah, I can see both sides of the story and understand from both aspects, like, why. I went in Florida and sold shit at the flea market there with one of my buddies, and... All of the fucking people that are there every week came and swarmed us and bought all our electronics. Oh, wow. I see our it, like, in my military uniforms, and it was like the fucking zombie massacre. Oh, yes. And then they went away and picked away their stuff. And the irony was, is they're so narrow-minded that we were going to sell something for $10, they're selling it for 11 Really? I'm like, okay, that that's stupid, because yes. if I'm going to buy something to resell, I'm going to buy something for a dollar and sell it for 10 yeah, and make a, a huge ten percent profit. Yeah. Like, that's you got to make a, a you know make thousand percent profit, not ten yeah. percent profit. Yeah. But that's you wanna, what they're you making. Market, they're yeah. making nothing. Yeah, like, and it's like that's the thing though. Like if you're gonna resell though, make it worth <clears> your while. 
don't waste your time. Don't yeah. don't just buy stuff to have every copy. I'm, I'm going to buy 27 copies of this just so nobody else gets it. That's yeah. a dick move. There are people yeah. that fucking do that too. But the thing is, is that you know, if you're going to buy it and flip it for something, then cool. Like that was just ironic though that they did that and then they're marking up like two dollars or something. And I'm like, you guys are going to be at the flea market for us. Your life selling shit. Some people like doing that though. Yeah, that's true. And the irony was is that I went around and still found some video game stuff at that same flea market. Yeah, Eagle Eye Times. Oh, yeah. It's, and, my, my, and that's great that my wife is, has the eye, too. She'll, I'll walk by shit and she'll be like, oh, look, yeah, there's a freaking Legend of Zelda item that you didn't see. Yeah. She's, Teamwork. she's texting me while we're doing the podcast. And nice. She got me a Castle Vodka flask at the <laughs> convention she's at right now. That's hilarious. Yeah, and then she saw an awesome painting mural of Jason. Oh, that's looks cool. looks awesome. Like she's finding me a bunch of cool I'm like, you're finding me trees. She's like, I only bought the one. And I'm like, damn it. Oh, you want <laughs> Jason this? Hell yeah. Want it all. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. Thanks for uh, listening to uh, the podcast, though. Um, we appreciate it. Um, if you agree with us, if you don't agree with us, I mean, make your thoughts known. Either comment on our podcast, message us on one of the Facebook things, talk some shit. We'll, we might defend ourselves, though. Just be be wary. We'll, we'll defend ourselves if you're full of shit yourself. <laughs> it's completely fine. And, I mean, if you don't like that we're talking shit about you, um, you know, perfect example is the guy we called out on one of our podcasts. It's fine. Go ahead. Um, we're big boys. We can take it. If you're really pissed off, you can come on our podcast and vent some steam. You can yell at us. It'll be hilarious. We'll laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing that was like we'll we'll be drinking like always so <laughs> um you guys got any last minute little thoughtsy thoughts no no okay. i'm pretty good uh, sounds good um yeah. yeah what we'll do is we'll be back we'll talk a little bit more about what we were doing since the last podcast and uh go over some stuff um we should be having some special guests soon and look forward to uh doing more of these all right. All right. Talk to you next time. Later. <laughs> Do you ever notice that this has like a different, um, there's like two different manuals? I was noticing that one. Yeah, there are. One has the seal of approval on the manual, the other yeah. one. Then now, did this manual right here that has the seal, the black seal, go with the NES cartridge label of Mario Brothers Duck Hunt that didn't have the black line and the one that did have the black oh, line. Oh, yeah, there's one without the black line up there. Yeah, there's one with the black line, with the white line, and one without the white line. That's the other thing, variants. I, I love variants. Game variants are insane. And they're cheap, I love them. Yeah, that's the thing, like, nobody really knows, and there's people on Nintendo Age that do the forum, and they have, like, a million variants for, like, one game. I was gonna do a variants part to my book, and it was like, one game had like 30 or 40 variants, and I'm like, just minute things on the back of the box, and I'm like, no, I'm dead. God I'm damn. There's that one guy, he has like, trying to get as many copies of Jurassic Park as he can. That's awesome. Have a butt, yeah. He actually came and hung out on a Wednesday drinking night with us, and he came by. He's actually only collecting every retro USB cartridge, the colored ones. Really? So that's what he changed his collection to. But, like, yeah, he was doing the Jurassic Park, and he took a picture of himself in the bathtub on the Jurassic oh, Park goodness. all around. Yeah, they're all the same game. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, insane. I want to do that with Friday the 13th, and then the price went up with the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why don't you do the same thing with Shaq Fu? No. <laughs> no. Or Michael Jordan in the Windy City. How about that? <laughs> Anything that's a penny. ETs. Those are going up now, I'm sure. There's that ET Nintendo repro coming out. Uh-oh. Oh, my goodness. 
I got, um, the only, the only way to get that one, it's from Kahan Games, is you have to buy Leisure Suit Larry, the Larry for the NES, yeah. and there's a slip to buy it. You have to mail him a check. Really? With it. Old in the mail, yeah. And you can get up to two. Wow. So I'm, I'm gonna get a, probably a couple, and Kyle might have a little Christmas present yes. later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that'd be awesome.